Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which is the place for landlords and property investors to go to build commercial property portfolios. If you want to find out more about that, please head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk. And before I jump into today's podcast, remember, I have a webinar that I want you to come to on Wednesday, the 7th of February at 8pm UK time. It's going to be all about how to supercharge your portfolio through buying commercial property in 2024. It's going to be something you don't want to miss. It's free. I just said that, but you're going to need to know that again so that you don't think, oh, Natasha, do I have to pay anything? No, just click the link below this podcast and you can come. I'll send you all of the details once you give me your name and email address. I'll be really excited to see you there. So today, backed by popular demand from people who keep asking me, my mom's here. Hi, Natasha. I wangled mum to come and do this podcast. She didn't know that she was going to come on the podcast today. She only flew into America last night. It is the morning after. <laughs> and I was like, hey, mum, should we record a podcast? And you were like, well, I don't really have anything to say. But people keep asking about how you're doing. So I thought, come on the podcast. Okay, I'm here. <laughs> um, I think the last time you came on the podcast was when I was in New York. So yes, that it was. must have been three years ago, four years ago, four years ago, yeah. 2020. Yeah, well, it's 2020. Yeah. When we were laughing about Christmas, Christmas and COVID. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then COVID actually became a really serious thing. So yeah, it did. <laughs> no more predictions this year. Um, have you been investing since? No, I haven't been investing since, but I have moved house since. Which maybe it's sort of it's all all down to the fact that I've got the property in Bath. So I've since moved from Avening, where I bought on on the back of the house in Bath, and now I've sold that and I live in Chippenham. I bought a house that I'm in the middle of doing up. Needs lots and lots of renovating. Why did you decide to move out of Avening? Um, Avenue didn't have any facilities. It's uh, a tiny, tiny village. Um, it, although it had two pubs, there's no shop, no transport links. And it is right in the middle of nowhere. So actually, it's much better to be in Chippenham because they've got the easy access to um, London via the, a, uh, the M4 or on the train. It's just much easier to get around from there. I've got shops that I can walk to. Um, I've changed jobs, so a nice job that I really love there. Yeah, and it's just really an improvement, I think. Mm -hmm. And did you decide to, so did you have a mortgage? You had a mortgage when you went to Evening, right? And then you've moved to Chiffenham. Have you down, downsized that mortgage? I've downsized the mortgage considerably, so I've only got a very tiny mortgage now. And I've only kept that really so I can help with the refurbishment on this property. Um, if I didn't need to do any refurbishment, I wouldn't have um, a mortgage at all. But it's always best to keep a mortgage because you don't really want to not have one, particularly when you're in your 60s. If you don't have a mortgage, it's hard to get one. Whereas having already got one, then I can increase my borrowing if I want to. 
or I can reduce it. But it's always best, I think, to keep hold of a mortgage. So the bank knows that you're... Yeah. It's not with a... Well, it's a building society, but yes, just so that, you know, you don't have to jump through all the hoops of starting out again. Yeah, you can manoeuvre it around as much as you want. Yes. Fair, fair. And how have you enjoyed the renovation process? It's slow, <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's finding things that I can do and things that I can't do myself. So things like decorating in the hall, I had to get a, a decorator in because I just couldn't re reach the ceiling in the high, you know, at the top of the stairs. So I had to pay somebody to come in and do that. But the other rooms, like the bedrooms and that, I'm quite happy to do myself. Yeah. And then you've got planning permission now for the back of your house? I've got planning permission for an extension. Um, and we just have to see how that goes. I've had the bathroom done, the electrics done, a new boiler. So I've had the sort of major works done. And now it's the things that prettify the house, like having the extension. And yeah, we'll see. I don't know yet. You don't want the back of the house taken off. Well, I do, but it, it all depends on funding at the moment and, and what's worthwhile doing and how long I'm going to be in that house. So it's weighing up, really, if that's the property that I'm going to stay in or whether or not I'm going to move on, you know, just do it up and move on. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Do you think you would move from that house? Yeah, I might move again. You don't like it that much? No, I do like it, but I'd never say never. Okay. I don't know. It's got advantages, it's got disadvantages, so I don't know yet. I haven't decided. I haven't been there long enough, I think. You haven't even been there a year. Uh, no, a year in February. <laughs> Mad, isn't it? Yeah. But then Chippenham's such a lovely place to be. It is. It's a lovely little town, you know, and like I said, it's got all the really good links. It's got some shops, some of the major shops, but it, it's fine, yeah. It's, I, I like it there. But I'm, I don't know. It's it's difficult. Moving from a village, it's it's very different from living in a village. So it's just weighing up whether I prefer being in a town or whether actually I'd like to move out to somewhere a little bit more rural. We'll see. Malmesbury? Possibly Malmesbury. Malmesbury is a very pretty village, isn't it? Yeah. Or I small love, town. I love Malmesbury. Yeah. But then there's no parking. Lots of the properties don't have parking. But they're gorgeous. They are, yes. <laughs> Oh, but Chippenham is a nice place to be. For those of you listening to the podcast, uh, one of our clients is buying in Chippenham. He, he's buying office buildings at the moment. And I think that they look gorgeous. And as they're done up, they are going to look so nice. Because there's also not a lot of office space, good office space available in Chippenham at the moment. No, there isn't. That's definitely right. Working for the company that I do, they've been looking at office spaces lately, and it has been find, hard to find exactly the right property. But, but there's lots of places coming up. I mean, I think, you know, the good thing with Chippenham is there's lots of shops. There's not many empty shops. Or no. If there are, they don't stay empty very long. So that's really interesting. Yeah. The only thing they do need to do with Chippenham is knock down that old shopping mall. The older one? The older one. Do you think? It's not nice in there. That's okay. I think it's improved. It's not too, too bad now, actually. It's, it's got lots of shops in there. Um, the, the, the only thing that is sort of, I don't know if people know Chippenham at all, but the main shop in that shopping centre is the Tesco's. And Tesco's have just announced that they're closing that branch and they're going to re relocate into the high street 
and open an express rather than having whatever that one was. So, Ooh. yeah, that's the sort of big news. Controversial, although Tesco's have been moving out and, and streamlining a lot of their retail offering at the moment. Yes, and that's because they can put prices up. The little, when they do a high street express, it's much more expensive than if you go into one of their superstores. Hmm. That'll be good for the high street, though, in Chippenham. Just not good for that shopping centre. No, but it depends, you know, if somebody moves back. I don't know, there's lots of things. Because Chippenham also lost their Wilco when that closed down. But there's talk that maybe Tesco's are moving into where the old Wilco store is. But that hasn't been confirmed yet. It's all a bit unknown. That would make sense. Yeah, that would definitely. actually be a really good pitch for Tesco's to go into. Yeah, you know, it would, because it's... Central. Central, and people walk past it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that Chippenham is a really good town, and I think prices will just keep going up because it is so well-connected. Yeah, so they've still got lots of independent shops. Yeah. Which is quite nice. And it's got the brand-new shopping centre, which I think is gorgeous. Oh, it is. That's lovely. And that's getting quite foodie. There's had a, there's a new cocktail bar that's opened up there, which is really popular and does excellent coffee, I hear. Not that I've been in there at lunchtime or anything, but apparently it does really good coffee as well as cocktails in the evening. And there's a, um, I think it's a Jamaican food shop there. It, it just is doing really well, I think. Yeah. And that's a mix of um, independent shops and like there's a Waterstones, Robert Dias, uh, New Look at Clark's. So it's got sort of all the, the standard shops, but also independent shops, which I think that's a good balance. Yeah, and it would be cheaper for them being there than in Bath. Yeah, definitely. Where, where you want to have shops that people can just pop to in Chippenham. You do, because in, in Bath it tends to be the more expensive shops that you would go on a shopping trip for the day, but if you just want to pop in and get a few bits and pieces, then I think Chippenham's a really good place. And it seems to always be busy. You know, mm -hmm. There seems to be people coming and going, and there's a little waitrose. Um Car parks are good. It's easy to park during the week. And I'll always remember in Chippenham, Coffee One. Is it Coffee One on the high street? There is a Coffee One, yes. Where she gave me a free, free coffee because I came back into the UK. <laughs> and all of my cards were declined because I oh, hadn't used right. them in months. And I didn't know what to do. So... The lady gave me a free coffee because I was so sad. It was the most embarrassing thing because I was getting out card upon card upon card upon card and that was to climb them all because I hadn't used them in so long. <laughs> so I had to go to the bank and say, hey, what had happened? Oh, and they said to me, oh, I'm glad that you've got your cards. We thought it might be someone else because you've not been using your cards for a long time. I was like, oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> just blocking them like that but yeah i think chippenham's lovely and i think does it have a market on a saturday uh yes and other markets as well i can't remember what the day of the week there is but in the week there's also a market up through the center mm. they have lots going on now do you think the same will happen for Cherrybridge? <laughs> don't know they've recently sold their shopping center haven't they no they, it keeps coming back on the market i don't know yeah i watch it because it's just got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. You wouldn't want to own that shopping centre. No, I don't think you would. Which is a shame, though, because it should be really good. But it never has been. Ever? No. 
I don't know what's wrong with that. Some of the sort of individual units are far too small, I think, for anything really to be there. I don't know. I don't know what. And it's a shame because they have free parking. So you would imagine it should be good. Yeah. But I don't know why it isn't. No, I'm, I'm not sure either. But whatever happened, they got it wrong. And then to have Wilkinson's come out. Yeah. Was just a massive blow to that, that shopping centre. I don't know what they can do. I don't know either. That's really difficult. But it's the same with, have you seen, we're doing a bit of a tour of the West Country. Have you seen that in Bristol they're knocking the galleries down? That's been in on the cards for a long time, and that was ever since they built um, Cabot Circus. That went downhill, didn't it? Because everybody then moved, and that's what happens in town centres. You know, you know, you'll see it all over, Bath included, isn't it? That they refurbished their shopping centre up in uh, Milsom Street, that little Seven Dials. Yeah, they built that, didn't they? And they forgot about the bottom end of Bath. Then they concentrate on the bottom end of Bath. That built all that new Southgate. And then that's lovely for a while. And then they stop, I presume they stop funding. I don't know what happens, but then they start building somewhere else. So all the customers move somewhere else. And that just seems to be a circle wherever there's a town centre. That they build a new shopping centre, everybody moves in there, and they forget about the rest of the town. So that all go, goes downhill and you know they lose, they lose rent and what have you. And then they put some money into the new place and everybody moves into the new place and then the next shopping centre goes down. It just seems to be this endless cycle. They don't seem to look at a balance, do they, to get the whole town right? And I don't know why they don't do that. Because actually if they condensed it all, you'd never need to keep redoing all of the outside areas. No. Which, yeah, I find baffling. But it's also because they, they seem loathe to do anything else other than what's been typically done in those areas i guess it's also because they give low rent incentives don't they for shops to move into these new areas so they guarantee don't they low rent for the first two or three years or whatever it is and then as soon as they put the prices up these companies can't afford to stay so then they start dropping out and then it becomes run down because nobody goes there because the shops aren't there and then they set up a new area where they then have low rents to attract people and it's just this endless cycle and it's just not working is it no and i think that's where town centers need to change because i don't think retail is dead but i think people try to take too much out of retail and then well and also i think a lot of it is as well is people want good service so they want to go into a shop and be served they don't want to go into a shop and the clothes on the hangers are all just out of packets. And, you know, it doesn't look inviting, does it? I think people want to go in and be have someone that says, can I help you? What are you looking for? And that's why the smaller companies, I think, would do better. Yeah. Because, I don't know, take Ted, what's it Ted, Ted Baker. Baker. Ted Baker used to be a fantastic shop to go to, didn't it? Even if you couldn't afford to go buy anything, you know, you might go in there and buy a scarf or something because that's all you could afford or a purse. And all the clothes look beautiful in there. Now when you go in, none of them are pressed. You don't get a good service. It, and there's a Ted Baker in every single town. So it's no longer unique, is it? So why would you bother going somewhere to buy a Ted Baker? You might as well buy online because they're the same wherever you go. Right. I don't understand that either. Same with Jules. Once they set up a shop in every single town centre, they don't become attractive then. I don't think people want them so much. 
No, but and also when they start doing their discount stores as well. Oh, yeah, I don't understand that either. Because Ted Baker does discount stores in America. So if you come over here and you go to like TJ Maxx. Yeah, but they're second, they're second quality. They're not first quality items, are they? Mm-hmm. Like Jules, if you've, if you've bought from Jules and you've had one of their lovely sweatshirts, you know, their harbour tops that are really thick and lovely, and then you go to one of these cheaper shops, they're not such a good quality. But then everyone's got them as well. And that's the thing, isn't it? You don't want to go and buy something that everybody else has got. You want a luxury shopping experience. Yeah. And they're trying to produce a range that everybody will buy, but also keep some of their prices really high. Yeah, there's, there's no, no niche. No. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the, the big that's how the big retailers end up going pop, because they ex- they expand, 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 expand. And then because they have expanded too much, there's not as much demand. No. And then they can't afford to keep it running. So. And they can't afford the rent. They can't afford staff, which is exactly why you go, because you go to the expensive shops, because you get the service and because you get the quality. And if they take both of those things away, because they can't afford to do it anymore, because they've got too many shops at expensive rents, then they, they do. They go pop. Same as the restaurants opening up, isn't it? Like Jamie Oliver's and they try to be in every single town centre and then they can't provide the service or the, you know, or get the staff to run it. That's what I, I worry about. The gig- Is it the Giggly Squid? Yeah, Giggling Squid. Giggling Squid. They have opened up everywhere and they're still trying to expand, but how far does that go? Is it, is it even... I've actually never been in a giggling school. No, nor have I, to be honest. I've seen them everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. They are on a mission. If anybody is um, a really good tip of advice, if you know what the requirements list is, and this is where retailers send out their requirements for what they're looking for, go on the requirements list. I think it's .com or .co.uk. Sign up for their newsletter, and you will see what retailers and and restaurateurs and tenants are looking for space and you can see who is aggressively expanding and they are one of them and everywhere i don't i don't think five years ago they even existed i know they did i remember going seeing one in brighton and that was one of the only ones i'd ever saw was when i was in brighton and that's probably 10 years ago oh right okay but i'd never heard of it before but that was interesting, and I, if I'd stayed longer in Brighton at that time, I would have gone into one because it sounded interesting and unique and what have you. But now it's not. No, now it's I wouldn't terrifying. go into it. Mm. I just, yeah, that's one of the big things that I've noticed. Every city that I've gone to now, whereas I've never seen them before, now they're absolutely everywhere, which makes me worry that they're just going to go pop and fall over, like yeah. a lot of restaurants do, because they run on such tight margins. Which is also why it's quite good if you're renting out retail to have a smaller independent shop or one with only a couple of locations. Yeah. Because people will seek that out. And also if they've got a good Instagram presence as well, like sweet little thing in Bath, the coffee shop. Absolutely. If you can get something like that. Yeah. Because now they've got two branches, haven't they? Yeah. Plus... They turned a retail space into a kitchen. Oh, yes. Which is where I got the members club cakes from. Mm. <laughs> Every time we have an event in 
uh, Bath. I definitely have to get those cakes for the members club. Um, and I like that concept because they also don't expand outside of but have they expanded outside I don't of know. I don't, I don't think, they, think have. they have either. They're just a local business who does really, really well. But I guess the thing is that when companies expand and then they get shareholders, they then have to do what the shareholders want to make more and more profit. Mm -hmm. And for shareholders, generally, it's to buy more and more places, isn't it, to grow and grow and grow. But actually, growing isn't necessarily the right answer, is it? Growing outside what you can cope with. Mm -mm. But sometimes it's much better to stay and to... Be really good at what you do. Be really good. And to uh, and the good thing about online is that you don't have to expand all the time, that you can just stay, can't you? If you're just a small company, you can just stay in a small location, but you can expand out to other areas without having to have rent and what have you. Right, yeah. But I guess the answer is to have a mix. You need to have a mix, don't you? <laughs> of... Things people know and things people don't know. Yeah. And then what you also need to do is have next door to the big shops, the smaller shops that are similar to the big shops so that they would draw the same type of person in. Hmm. Because I love it when, I like that Vinegar Hill and Bath is next door to Waterstones, but no, next door to Jolly's, which is next door to Waterstones. But that parade then is kind of homewares, big shop, small shop. I like that. Yeah. And I, I like that. I think Milsom Street's worked quite well, hasn't it? Yeah. It's have it, but it's had the traditional jollies or House of Fraser, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there, and then the smaller shops around to support it. I think that works really well. Yeah. And as a landlord, that's why I would always look at what does everybody else have in their units, and then how can the tenants that are coming into my unit complement it. And I don't think that competition is necessarily a bad thing. I don't I don't always think that if you have... I mean, if you have a street full of hairdressers, yeah, there's going to be an issue. If you have a street full of nail salons, yeah, there's going to be an issue if there's not any diversity there. But if you've got similar clothes shops, similar homeware shops, you know, mm -hmm. any anything that sets up next to an anthropology will do well. I think that's something that's going to come back is more showrooms, more shops of where you can buy furniture, look at it, sit on it, touch it. Yeah. That's something that's just come to Chippenham, actually. They've just opened a new um, sofa outlet because the factories are in Trowbridge, aren't they, that make the sofas. Yeah. So they've just opened. it For a while, it was uh, an axe-throwing place, which is, didn't become successful, and it closed about a year ago, and now it's opened into this new... Um, sofa warehouse Ooh. where you can order brand new sofas if you want to from their new ranges or you can buy sample ones that they sometimes make samples or overstock that they've had or you know when people buy a sofa and then return it so it only opened last week I think well that's really good to know I need a sofa in my flat and bath mm. I want a really like nice dark green one okay well, that'd be definitely the place to go I yeah. think okay fabulous um Yes, I like the fact that these shops do pop up and they do try new things. And that's also something that as a retail investor, you've got to not be scared of. 
you've got to open your arms to different tenants. I don't believe that retail's dead. I never have believed I don't that think so either. retail's dead. I think... They want you to believe that it's dead. Oh, yeah. A lot of shops want you to believe that, so you're forced to go online. But people want to see things. You want to try on your clothes. You don't want to have to try and, you know, send buy it online and then try it on and then have to send it back. It's inconvenient. Yeah. It's much more, it's much nicer, isn't it, to have a day out, say, in Bath. You know, you pick a nice town where you can go out and you can have a day out and you go to the shops and you go to some nice cafes, a couple of museums that are there, you know, things... That yeah. are interesting to do. Yeah. I would love the concept. And if anybody knows if this is a concept, please let me know. I really would like a women's shop that only sells jeans from every single place, from your £15 jeans all the way through to your whatever hundreds of pound jeans. And you go into the shop, you go into a fitting room, they take your measurements, you don't know what size it is the jeans are they just go out and pick the size that works for your body that'd be really good what a what a revolution <laughs> i would actually pay however much for a styling fee you know 50 pounds 100 pounds whatever it's going to cost <laughs> for me to have the right fitting jeans when i decide i'm going to go jean shopping that sounds a really good plan <laughs> i would take that tenant on i'd bet on that tenant if anybody knows of anybody who's doing that, please email me, Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk, because I actually <laughs> want to really support that idea. What a good business. It's like, who was the bootmaker in Bath? Oh, Duo. Duo. And they, you would go in there. I think they still exist somewhere Do they? online, I think. But you can go in there, that's right, and they measure your calves, don't they, and everything. And... It's perfect. They fit the boot to your leg. Yeah, Whether you've got skinny legs, fat legs, whatever you've got, they've got exactly the right size boot for you. Right. I know. I've, I've got a pair of boots from there. They're my most favourite boots, and I paid more. Although, actually, they weren't that expensive compared to other places. But you felt that you were doing it. But they were lovely, and they wore so well. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All these places need is just some champagne ads that they're all gay. We need to go back to customer service. That's yeah. what people want. We need to employ more staff in the shops so that you get the service that you want. But then also, happy to pay for the staff to be there. Yeah. Have more coffee machines in places so that you can take your partner in and they can sit in the corner if they're not interested. And it might not be your husband, boyfriend, whatever. It might be another girlfriend who's not buying that day. But if she can sit in the corner and have a cup of coffee while you try on, try on 100 pairs of shoes or whatever you're going to do, It'd be perfect. Oh, this sounds like a new brand that we need to create. <laughs> when I'm done with being a surveyor. <laughs> Maybe that's what you need to do. <laughs> what someone take the idea and run it who would be better at it than me? I'm not No, no, I know somebody who could do it. But that's why I think a lot of the Waterstones branches that have cafes in now. Oh, that I you can that. go and sit and read your book. You pick a book off the shelf and read it and then you'll probably buy it. Oh, for sure I would. Oh, I love that. Um East Austin, there's uh, vintage books and wine. So you can go down there, whatever book you want, hold the book, you start reading the book, and then have your wine at the same time. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Why, why wouldn't you do more of that? And I think um, Fox and Kit, do you know Fox and Kit in Bath? They had to move out of Bath because they, are, they were the corridor. They're redoing the corridor. Okay. Um, and so they moved to Midsummer Norton. 
and they do cafe with soft play and you book your seat at the table so you've got coffee and you can work and then they've got this really safe area for your kids to go to that seems to be taken off i've seen a few of those around lately good that sounds amazing you do need somewhere that's more friendly for parents and children yes somewhere that you can go and have a cup of coffee not necessarily to meet other people but somewhere that your child's safe yep and they serve things that are nice for kids right <laughs> and if you and if you've got that um my gosh people stick around people keep coming back and using you mm. and then if you could have memberships to these places as well and you can just pop in at any time i'm all for that you would actually spend less on daycare and you would take your kids there yeah all these ideas that are coming up you're right because you do see them those are what make retail more exciting i think and as landlords we should be looking out for these concepts because if they are marketed correctly they'll do really well yeah and they need to make town centers places where people more people live and where adults who aren't youngsters can go out in an evening and spend longer out yeah so maybe it's changing the way that shops open yeah but instead of them suddenly at five o'clock being dead and it's, you know, only the, the youngsters who are going out drinking and clubbing, you don't want that. You need to make places more sociable so that people can go out and spend sociable evenings out. Yeah. Live, work, play. Yeah. With some indoor space, especially in the UK because of the climate. Yeah, absolutely. But more sort of cafes that are... I don't know that do painting or knitting or something more more things that have something else on the offer. Yep. But yep. people do want to go out. People. Do, uh, I think the thing that we've all been fed that isn't true is that we want to have all these self serve places that we don't want to interact with people. But actually, people love to interact. Yeah. They do want to go out and talk. And sit with people and experience things. I see what other people are buying. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you. I love going to a supermarket and seeing what somebody else has bought. You know, if you go into like a Waitrose and something, say, what, what have you got in your basket? You know, what is it you've got to do? Do you ever do that? No. Do you not think it's fascinating? No. See, I have seen what people have bought. I think it's really interesting. Do you talk to them about it as well? No. The only time I do do it is with wine. Okay. Because if I'm looking for a certain type of wine and they don't have it and someone else picks out something, I say, oh, how do you know you like that? And they... so That's what they need to do as well, wine shops. It's make them more accessible for people to go to. They're not very friendly, I don't think. My favourite wine shop in Bath closed down. Oh, yeah. But don't you think it would be nice if you had more wine cellars where you could just go in and sit and have a cup of coffee and a glass of wine or something, or sit have a, sit and just taste a few wines, but in more of a social setting rather than a formal, you're coming into my wine setting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because I think that's quite difficult, isn't it, to buy a wine or to know about wine? Yeah, you want to try it first. Yeah. That's true. I'd agree with that. But you don't necessarily want to go in and drink a whole bottle while you're trying it. And you don't necessarily, and if you're going into town on a Saturday, you might not be drinking because you're going to have to drive home. 
But if you go in and you could just sample a, a tiny, tiny little bit. Or alcohol-free wines. Why are they not serving that? I don't know. Well, they do. Yeah. Lots of places do alcohol-free wines. Okay. And the alcohol-free gins and things, which is the biggest rip-off ever. Oh, I'm not paying alcohol prices for <laughs> alcohol-free stuff, that's for sure. <laughs> this, is another, this is another thing that's got a different subject of, about how come a bottle of Gordon's non-alcoholic gin is as expensive as a bottle of... I guess it has to go through the same process, though, right? And then they Hang take... on, there. you pay tax on alcohol, don't you? So you're buying a bottle of gin that's taxed, and the tax is quite, I don't know how much it is, but they do pay a lot of money, don't they, for tax for alcohol. Mm -hmm. And then you buy a bottle of non-alcoholic gin, which doesn't have any tax. Oh, I have no idea. I don't know either. I don't know how much the tax is, but you do have to pay tax, don't you, on it? I assume so. <laughs> I don't know how that works. I never really looked into it, but... But it just, I just somehow, why do you have to pay the same price for non-alcoholic as you do for? Because it's like when you buy petrol, isn't it? Petrol, a lot of the price of petrol is made up of taxes. I don't buy petrol anymore. I don't know. Anyway, that's another a gripe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, if. Ta the town planners were more imaginative they would be actually looking at what people want in the shops yes and they would also be out there looking for tenants who would fit that need yeah. and i think it's very difficult sometimes when they open up lots and lots of charity shops in the same row because then i think it just looks shabby but then what you also find is that's just landlords not working together. It's whatever tenant comes first or quick, they'll pay the rent, get them in. That doesn't work, I don't think. It doesn't work at all. But that can also be a downfall of high streets. But it's because of that panic that you're never going to get a suitable tenant. Whereas I firmly believe, firmly believe that you should be going out there and finding tenants too. But then don't you also think that you should keep your shopfront looking lovely? Pay it and have some beautiful posters or something in the window. Make it look like it's going to be an exciting place for somebody to rent i mean those posters the vinyls don't cost that much what 300 pounds i don't know but i i know i like it when there are empty spaces that have nice vinyl that's even if nothing's coming but they sort of pretend that something's going to come there and be exciting it makes the rest of the street looks nice oh yeah so it blends in yeah i yeah. agree with that i agree with that yeah next week i'm going to do a podcast where i'll go through how to find tenants where you as the landlord are just going out and targeting tenants i think that would be really interesting because i know that a lot of you when you get your you have these properties but you don't know what to do with them next but don't you think that you could also be more imaginative with these vinyls because you could think let's pretend to be a bookshop this week or this month and you could do a vinyl of a bookshop so you're sort of putting the thought into people's head of what could be in that shop as they walk past. Because every person who walks past your shop is somebody who's either going to potentially buy in that shop or is potentially going to rent that shop because they're local to that area. What would you put on the outside of my telephone box in London? Well, 
I think I would put like cakes or biscuits or something or you know the things that you've had. Yeah. Those. Okay. Because I think that attracts to somebody to think that what they could potentially do in here. Why not rent this as you know? This could be your next cake shop. This could be your next pub if it's going to be a pub. This could be a wine bar. This this you know this shop could be could be your next favorite wine bar. This shop could be your next favorite bookshop. I'm taking you to the the vinyl people in Chippenham who do our vinyls, and I'm going to say. My mum's got some ideas. Let's use them. I agree with you. I think it looks really, really nice. I just guess... You just need to do it, you know. I, I know it costs money for people, but don't you think that that makes people then interested when they're walking past and thinking, oh, yeah, that could be a wine bar. I wonder if it's going to be. Let's keep an eye on it in case it is, because that might be where we want to come. That's true. Almost faking it before you make it. Yeah. But you're putting your... it, And then when you're advertising it, and you've got the picture of your shop front, and it says this could be the next wine bar. Yeah. That gives somebody who's thinking, what's, what business can I run? You know, I, I, I need to, you know, I'd love to start up a wine bar somewhere. What? Aha, uh -huh, the shop. Perfect. Let me go in there. Yeah, it's going to work. Don't you think? Yes, it's, it's almost shouting out. And that, that, I think, is what's lacking. Having an empty shop with just a poster that says the shop's to let, and then you can look through it into a dusty old shop is not good no it's not it looks awful it looks absolutely, absolutely awful <laughs> and there were so many of those so yes. many yes <laughs> I that. and then they just get dustier and dustier and dustier because they've been there for ages it's a cute takeaway everybody sort out your finals i'm gonna have to wrap the podcast there because <laughs> we've actually got to go and get harry but thank you for coming on the podcast, Mark. That's okay. Always full of new ideas. That's <laughs> <laughs> a revolutionise the retail industry. There we have it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening today. We really appreciate it. And we'll catch up with you all again soon. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. If you've loved this pod, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And make sure to leave a five-star review as this makes me so happy and it helps to boost the show and get it out there to more property investors. Finally, if you want to email the pod, you can write to me, Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.